hundreds of studies will be going through this platform right and thousands of small and mid and large sized hospitals will be use this platform for the telemonitoring and the consultation spectral telemonitoring is integrated with all the major emr systems right like epic or practice fusion or all all the major emr systems Hello, everyone, and welcome to another but special episode of I Am Christina D'Arcangelo. And today, I'm very excited to have Anil with me. You may have remembered Anil from previous from a previous podcast that we've been on talking about spectral telemonitoring. And today, the reason why Anil and I decided to join forces was because Anil is also on the Affinity Patient Advocacy Board. And we've been watching some of the patients and the things that have been going on out there in the medical society and healthcare itself. And we felt that perhaps it was time for us to come back on to talk a little bit about the telemonitoring. So thank you so much, Anil, for joining us today. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. It's great to have you because, you know, we talk internally all the time about all the things that our telemonitoring can do and things that we have already started working on that have been helping patients like the electronic data capture side of the platform and the ePro, we're running clinical trials through it. But what's cool about our enterprise solution is the fact that we are able to actually monitor patients 24 seven. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Anil? And then I could talk about the patient side a little bit and how there's the synergy and the connection piece to it. Sure, sure, Christina. So I still remember, like, you know, in 2020, you reached out me and, um, you know, my previous company to build a EDC platform, right? So mm -hmm. that time I realized, like, you are, you know, the end-to-end -end vision to build a EDC along with the telemonitoring software with the remote patient monitoring aspect, right? So now I can understand like, you know, the, the vision you had that time. So now it's like, it is, it is, it can be used for the regular, you know, the physician's consultation. And at the same time, it can be used for the clinical trial, you know, patient visits. Now it's, now I can see like all dots are being connected, right? So it's a, it's a wonderful journey, Christina. <laughs> yes, it's been <laughs> very, a wonderful journey. Very, yeah. I, I know it's kind of crazy sometimes when I get these ideas in my head of like, well, we have the bots, right? And so they've been sitting here, you know, just sitting here. And then we started working on the EDC and the EPRO, right? And then once we, we really dug into that, then we started working on the telemonitoring. And I love the point that you brought up that this was 2020, guys. So when everybody yeah. was complaining about COVID, we were also working on COVID treatments, you know, with the feds and everybody and then XUS and the Dominican. So we were doing that stuff like nitty gritty work, uh, even with the White House. One of the projects was involving the White House. We were building the telemonitoring and the EPRO quietly at the same time. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for bringing that up because we don't I don't. And as a team. We don't talk, we don't pat ourselves on the back and say, listen, you know, we did this while everybody was sleeping or complaining <laughs> or, or whatever they were doing. We were vision activated really with this COVID because we saw the breakdown in society based on a virus. I mean, we all went into lockdown. I mean, you know, it was horrible. Like, it, we couldn't see. I mean, I still haven't met you face to face yet. We've only been on Zooms. We've been working together through Zooms and texting, you know? Yeah. 
Um, right. So I'm, I'm really excited that, you know, we did it, right? And, yeah. and, and we were and vision forward. Regarding the technology, right? So when you explain this concept, so I was very keen in particular about the, the technology stack, what we are going to use, right? Because I was 100% sure that eventually hundreds of studies will be going through this platform, right? And thousands of small and mid and large sized hospitals will be used this platform for the telemonitoring and the consultation, right? So hundreds of, we are talking about hundreds of thousands of patients in the system. So right. the, the back, the database, the architecture and everything is like built for, for, for scaling. So right. that is taken care of. It is secure. We are, you know, HIPAA compliant and all other personal health information, everything is, you know, properly managed in the system. Exactly. So even with our telemonitoring system, y'all, how it works mm -hmm. is just like we did with the, the clinical trial side, because remember, we started with clinical trial side first, then we built the telemonitoring side, right? right. So we right. created a randomization structure when the subjects, because mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, those would be patients then. When patients come into telemonitoring, they're randomized. So what that means is they're identified by a code and their initials. So we, as a company, and Neil, me, and everybody else that supports us, there's a lot of people we have supporting us. It's not us doing this. There's all these people um, that are behind us. We will never know who these patients are. So I love that you brought that up because I don't want patients because patients' data, they're stolen all the time. You know, you, I'm sure you've gotten stuff in the mail, Neil, because you've gone to a doctor, then there was a compromised yeah. thing, or your phone, you know, T-Mobile, all these companies have had problems. You know, I've had, um, there was a women's health practice here in Pennsylvania, I don't know, it was like seven, eight years ago, their infrastructure got hacked, and all of our data was released, who we were, what we were doing, all that stuff. So... I really love that you brought that up because it's an important topic today, especially with everybody worrying about being hacked. Right. And then what's really important, I think, about the telemonitoring is that patients know that the infrastructure will protect them and it's built for scalability, just like Anil yep. eloquently said. So the great thing about this and what's really important that we wanted to discuss today was the components that are applicable to say a hospital or say a state level department of health that's worried mm -hmm. about the patients in their state. Um, mm -hmm. Our ability to be able to track and trace prescriptions, mm -hmm. the connection to the EMR, and mm -hmm. the fact that we are capturing biometric data from the patients based on their wearables are mm -hmm. all essential are truly understanding what's going on a patient. So as we have mm -hmm. seen, Anil, with APA, we have patients that go to the doctor, then they end up in the hospital, the doctor's doing one thing, the hospital's doing another thing, the patient isn't, I mean, they're normal people. They don't know, they have to go back to their general practitioner and tell them that the hospital put them on X, Y, and Z, because a lot of times the information isn't flowing back from the hospital mm -hmm to the GP because the GP, the general practitioner, may not be affiliated with that hospital, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a private practice, they surely aren't going to be. So they have no idea what's going on. So if in fact, the patient doesn't always tell the 
hospital what they're taking, the hospital, unless mm. they do tox screens, and even then, mm. may not pick up the fact that these patients are taking all these other things, and then they're having contra drug-drug interactions that are happening. Do you have patients mm -hmm. that um, sometimes are prescribed things that are painkillers, and then they start, they mm -hmm. kind of become addicted to it, and then they start going pill shopping. They go from one hospital to another hospital. Their doctor has no idea. The prescriptions mm -hmm. aren't being tracked. These patients have 120, you know, oxycontins and a week, mm -hmm. which they shouldn't have. And then we have overdose problems. We have mental health issues being triggered. All of this is going on. It's a whole big storm. It's the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. But we have the solution to help the perfect storm because of how we track that information. Do you want to go in a little bit more detail about that, Anil? That's right. not too technical for our viewers and listeners, right, but right. they get the gist. Yeah. yeah, I can explain from the functional point of view, Christina. So so the best part is like, you know, the system, the, you know, the spectral telemonitoring is integrated with all the major EMR systems, right? Like Epic or Practice Fusion or all all the major EMR systems. So so the data is being like you know the transmitted from um, maybe from one physician's office to the next small hospital or large hospital. The data is being like captured properly, mm -hmm. and it is integrated with the with the lab, right? Mm -hmm. So that is also kind of you know the requisition. Mm -hmm. The lab work requisition is also part of the system. You know the results are coming through the system so that like each hospitals or the physician, they can see the data, right? So it's all mm -hmm. integrated mm -hmm. into the platform. Mm -hmm. I love that you brought yeah. that up because I forgot about the lab part. <laughs> That's like one of the most important parts. <laughs> and the remote patient monitoring through the the, the, the wearables. The wearables. Like or, or any other spectral custom, you know, digital wearables or through other, you know, Omron or any other certified remote patient monitoring devices like to measure the blood pressure or any other, you know, ECG. critical parameter. Yep, stress, ECG. exercise, yeah. sleep. Right. Because as a physician, I'm sure physicians who may be listening or viewing us mm -hmm. understand what we're mm -hmm. talking about because they deal with these patients every day, right? And you yeah. go into the doctors and you say, and the doctor goes, how have you been sleeping, right? They mm -hmm. always ask and you go, Yes, okay. And well, how many hours are you getting? Oh, I'm, I think I have four or five, say seven hours, right? It goes always goes up, right? Because they don't really yeah. know because they're not tracking that. But if they're wearing, they're wearable, <laughs> no pun intended, but if they <laughs> have this, the doctor would then get this data directly. They don't even have to do anything. So they would see this patient. So say, the patient's in, they're meeting with the patient, they could go to their computer, hook into the telemonitoring, go, oh, okay, so you said you slept seven hours. Well, according to the data, it states, and the patients also have access to all of their data too, so they can see it too, but the doctor could say, I see you had three hours of deep sleep and two hours of light sleep. That's five hours. That's not enough sleep. So let's talk mm -hmm. about what's going on. Okay, we see that noise has been an issue at nighttime in your in your surroundings. What's going on at home that you have an increase in noise? We've also noticed that your heart rate has been going up and down in various times of the day. What is going on during those times of the day 
that's happening? What's triggering your heart rate to go up? These are all the things we're able to see so that this, like the doctors are and the patients that can help these patients really get through some of these things. Think about the mental health, right? Mental health mm -hmm. has been just going off the charts with cases since COVID, right? So that's why I kind of like was happy you brought up the COVID because we yeah. intentionally did this stuff because we were forward thinking like, listen, everybody's been locked down. Of course, they're going to be upset. I know my son was upset. I'm mm -hmm. sure your kids were upset because they're used to playing yeah. sports and playing with their friends and going to birthday parties. And now they were doing drive-bys, you know, where the kids would have a parade. You'd wave. Everybody has a mask on outside. I throw candy in the cars for the kids because you can't even go near the car because of COVID. <laughs> this is not normal. So back to the mental health. We, you know, we were worried about this, right? We knew that this was, you know, potentially going to happen. So with mental health patients, we are able to see the triggers occur as they occur. PTS patients. I mean, look at, there's someone in Pennsylvania that just had a pretty substantial check-in to the hospital mm -hmm. and it's all over the media. And if in fact that person would have had been accessing our tunnel monitoring, that physician who was their primary physician, the psychiatrist, whomever, they're all hooked in. They would all know this person was having a problem because of what was going on with the biometrics data, just the biometrics data alone. That's not talking labs. That's not talking, you know, everything else that we have hooked into the system, the prescriptions. And otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And um, Krishna, would you like to talk more about the patient's paradise like that will be oh, also yes. part of the, the, the mental health right i think it's a yes um I, you know one of yes so um what anil is is tipping you guys off about um is the fact that we are also working on developing an inclusive metaverse for patients called the patient's paradise and what that means is that patients can come into our safe space, our metaverse, and they can come in as they are, right? Whatever they feel like being, whatever that that icon is that they come in with, their avatar, whatever it is, whatever they feel like showing up, they show up to a safe space and they can interact with board members of APA. They have the ability to interact with each other, with other patients like themselves, again, showing them they're not alone and that they're the same. Because at the end of the day, a lot of us have the same issues. A lot of times we don't want to talk about it. I know for myself, there were times I didn't want to talk about health issues I had or sometimes things that had happened um, to family or whatever, because I was kind of embarrassed by it. And so, and I know people are probably like, what? No, Anil will tell you. There's been times that I'm like, I, I really, I just can't even talk about this to, out loud to people other than to certain people because it was just, it's just a disaster. And this is a place where people can feel free and give them freedom and access mm -hmm. to information and support. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think our whole vision here has been more of patient focused, patient help. We want to help people. We don't want to replace doctors. I want to be clear. We're not like, as our CFO always says, we're not get Roman. We're not trying to replace doctors. We want the doctors involved. 
but we want the doctors to support, to be able to have the tools to support their patients. Remember the one study we were running recently, we had a patient that came in that luckily didn't get consented because the study coordinator, thank goodness, could <laughs> notice something was wrong with this patient, uh, which is part of the screening process anyway. But it turns out that the patient was having a heart attack. And this would have been a patient that would have come into our study. Now, the reason why we didn't know they were having a heart attack is because the only part of the, the enterprise that was open for the study was the EDC, the electronic data capture, and the electronic patient reported outcomes side, the questionnaire portion of the trial side. We did not have the telemonitoring opened because they, we can do that for clients if they want us to do it which I would strongly suggest they do because of this, they learned a big lesson because, and I of course told them that we saved, thank God, this man's life, the study coordinator mm -hmm. did, not us, but the fact that the person didn't consent into a trial, they were having a heart attack and we'd have an automatic serious adverse event. Once hospitalization occurs, <laughs> it's an SAE, it could have blown the study up from a yeah. clinical trial standpoint, so thank God the person was paying attention. But really the answer should be, if we have the telemonitoring on, even for the clinical trial participants, it will help mm -hmm. these people progress even better in the clinical study, in my clinical trial experience. Mm -hmm. And then also the bots, right? Keeping the patients in the study. We were just talking about it before we came on. We're a bunch of nerds, okay? <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the patient recruitment bot you're talking, yes. talking about, mm -hmm. right? Yep, the patient recruitment you know, bot. Yes, identify the right patients, you know, contact the pre-screening, you know, questionnaire, and finally bring them to the mm -hmm. to the study, right? So that's a, I think that's a, um, that is also part of this entire ecosystem. So EDC, mm -hmm. you know, clinical trial bot for, you know, to onboard patients and the telemonitoring, that completes the, you know, the entire um, yes. subsystem. And then retaining the yeah, patients, yeah. right? Retention. That's what we were talking about too. Yeah. Retention is really important. Pharma <laughs> companies and biotech spend a lot of money finding the right mm -hmm. patients, working mm -hmm. with the sites and all this stuff, right? And doing what they're doing. But to retain the patients are mm -hmm. essential. And given the space that we've been in lately, it's been really mm -hmm. hard and very challenging for clinical trials to retain patients because we've had, I don't mm -hmm. know how many outbreaks of COVID, multiple things, then RSV happens. Now there's some dog flu or something. People are afraid to leave their house again. I, I yeah. it, It's just one thing after another. We keep getting hit with all these ailments, which if you're working in uh, any indication that has a secondary mental mm -hmm. health endpoint like anxiety, you're gonna have mm -hmm. a challenging time keeping those patients in the trial. So mm -hmm. if we turn on our bot that we mentioned can help pre-screen, he can, we call him a he, because um, he, mm -hmm. he's Canabot or Dr. Bot, they're boys, they're brothers. They, one of those bots could come on and talk to the patients regularly to keep them engaged. Like, especially if we're hooked into the telemonitoring, right? So mm -hmm. if their heart rate's going up, we would then know it, right? If, if everything is hooked into the telemonitoring and we have the study running at the same time, the bot could come on and say, is everything okay? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. No. What's going on? And then we can have the, the bot fire to the doctor or the study coordinator, really, because they really are the ones mm -hmm. who talk to people. 
And then they can call the, the, the subject directly because remember, there's a randomization code that's assigned and the doctor personnel knows who's behind that number. We don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think... I think these are all great points that we brought up today, Neil. I feel like we're, you know, really it was good for us to have like a full circle discussion again, because the last time we talked, we talked a lot about what we are doing, but mm -hmm. you know, this is more of a um, kind of a podcast to say, listen, we understand, mm -hmm. we see what's going on and we can help you with our solution. Correct. Exactly. Well, I want to thank you for coming on again with me today and taking time out of your busy schedule to discuss this very important topic um, because it's important. And, you know, we've seen yeah. things personally. We've seen right. things through the patient advocacy side of the firm right. where we've, you know, there's been some things that have been very challenging for our patients. So we right. know that the telemonitoring yeah. is really the way to go. Yeah, so thank you so much, Krishna, for inviting me. And um, I know your passion for patients through, you know, you know, affinity biopartners and, you know, patients advocacy and so many aspects. Right? Some of them are not for profit, right? So you're doing it for the for the for patients. So that's a for free. Mm -hmm. for, so, um, so that not for profit is the is the major thing. Like why, you know, I'm more interested and keen, like, you know, what what you are doing for the patients, right? Yes. So yeah. Always, I'm available. Anytime we can discuss more, you know, as we build the platform for, for the patients, more exciting things are on the way, metaverse for the patients, patients yeah. paradigm, so many things, right? I, we are very excited. You know, we've been patient. <laughs> Neil and I, <laughs> we've been yeah. really patient because there's yeah. a lot of things that we want to do and we have to stage ourselves just like you stage yourself in a tech environment. I've yeah. now learned... CDs had to learn to stage herself again because <laughs> I want to go, you want to go, but you know, we have to stage ourselves and we have to do things as necessary. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's certain projects we're working on that we've got to, you know, complete so that we can get on to the next thing, which the next thing is this, this forward approach of really pushing the metaverse and the patient's paradise. And I appreciate you saying that, Anil, and I know how much you care about the patients because we've had a lot of discussions and that was one of the reasons why I wanted you to join our board was because mm -hmm. you really truly believe in helping people. You are one of those executives that cares about helping patients before making a profit. And that's really important because not a lot of people will do that today. And I just wanna thank you for all that you do to help support us and all the things, I mean, you're just amazing. And, and, and the team that's built behind us is just amazing as well. We're very blessed to have them all. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you. Thank you. So with that, we'll end for today. And as we always say, remember, we are the same. I am Christina D'Arcangelo. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you.